You're listening to New Dogma Z. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. This is NDZ Live, episode 38. Uh, I am here with Grant and Mitch. How are you guys? I'm good. Doing all right. Yeah, living yeah. life, Mitch. Got myself a haircut today. Yeah, I was going to say, you look nice. You went and saw Danny, didn't you? Of course. You look nice. Wouldn't see anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Danny is the best. The cream of the crop. La creme de la creme. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I had a day off. You had a day off. It is Ooh. actually Grant's birthday today. Yeah. What? Today. Yeah. Happy birthday to Grant. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How old are you, Grant? Uh, this is 45. 45. I thought you were so. going to say, like, Nuanquo Kanu, yeah. I'm 25 again. Yeah. Yeah. For 20 years in a row. For, for, the, for the 20th year in a row, yeah. I'm 25. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you live a very charmed life. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's pretty nice. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our guest tonight is very prestigious. A polymath's polymath, a professional chef, a restaurateur, a mother, the first... Asian American Wisconsin state legislator. You've probably seen and heard her sing the national anthem She's and perform good. first yeah, kick duties good. at Bree Stevens Field. Francesca Hong, how are you? Hello, I am doing all right. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you for, for coming. coming. Yeah, Hopefully, for sure. you don't regret it by the time we're done talking. <laughs> the, fa- the face she made when you called her prestigious was great. <laughs> just like the purse looks, just like. Yeah. It's well, always so awkward to listen to the bio. I usually just yeah. recommend like, no, nah, let's just get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. talk don't talk about me. I Google decide. exists for a reason. Yeah. Like. Yeah. We uh, going through like making notes for this this particular episode, I was like, wow, the, the fucking CV is gigantic. Like we could have we probably could have had a three hour episode. If we would have really recorded with the full like list of things, we'd be set through the off season, Mitch. I don't know why you're saying that to me. I know that. <laughs> I mean, you could have a 16-hour podcast with me and still find things to talk about. Yeah. 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 Imagine having more, like, interesting people. That's that's what I'm talking about. Prestigious really has more to do with fr- friends actually interesting. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. That's really That's why we're talking to her and not to me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But I want to talk forward. Uh, yes, we are going to talk about Forward Madison. Yesterday was the USL one day one, or did they did they have league even have that? League overall? one day one, which is funny to me because they're still calling signings made today as day one, which makes no sense to me because it's day two. This would be day two. Yeah. yeah, but you know whoever whoever thought that the league had anything under control, as we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. The big announcement from Ford Madison was the returning players. Eight were announced. Uh, there are more on the way that we can't necessarily speak on just yet. Uh, if you find us out somewhere before they announce it, we'll tell you. But we can't announce it just quite yet. But of the returning players, so we have Mitch Osman, uh, Baron Shipman, Derek Gebhardt, uh, Nazim Bartman, Christian Cheney, Aiden Messias, Jacob Kroll, and Timmy Mel. Um, who of the group are you all most excited to see back, and why? Am I going first? Well, we can let Fran go first. I would say let, let, the, let the guests go yeah. first. I have to say Mr. Gebhardt. Mm-hmm. I think his leadership and how much he brings both on and off the pitch is something that's going to uh, just help the team um, feel supported throughout the entire season. And so for me, leadership is somebody that helps the people around them be better, and Mr. Gebhardt is an embodiment of that. Yeah. Um, what's cool about Derek is that he's going to be a centurion for the team. Uh about halfway through the season, you know, assuming no uh, no injuries or anything like that. So um, he's 15 games away from 100, uh, wow. which yeah, is the wow. mark that Eric Leonard is at as yep. well. So um, he should be passing Eric this season in terms of the uh, most appearances for the club. Um, but, yeah, f- he he and uh, Cheney and Kroll are, are mine. Um, I mean... Cheney's just Cheney, man. Like, even if he doesn't score, 
dude just lights up a room. Yeah. I love being around that guy. He's just so great. Yeah. And I mean, Jake is a fantastic player himself and yeah. I love I love talking, you know, talking to him too. So. Yeah. Uh I would say probably Shane. I mean, I think for the reasons that Mitch is saying too. Um he was a leading scorer. I mean, Set the rec, you know, set the team record for goals in the season. Yeah, um, in, for a yeah. reason. And in his first season. In his first season, well, and I think you know we've talked with Matt a little bit last night about it. Um, I think we just kind of scratched the surface with what he can do. Um, yeah. I think another year of being here, being comfortable, being in a, you know an environment. I think you'll start to see what he, what he can really do. So I would think that the uh, the golden boot may be. You know, one of one of his goals for this season, which is I think would be reachable as well. Well, of um, course it is. It's always his goal, right? But it was think, his goal last year too. But I think, um, obviously, getting having Mitch come back too, um, yeah. having your captain come back, I think is always it's always a good thing when your captain can come back and provide that stability for the squad and for anybody that's coming in. So. Yeah, I I'm gonna pr- probably pick a sort of slightly unco- unconventional uh, unconventional returner, uh, Baron Shipman. Guy was second. He's a brick, he's a brick wall. Man. Second in clean sheets uh, in the league last year. Yeah. Um, almost. Uh, Team al- record in clean sheets. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was somebody who completely proved me wrong. I was very skeptical about him after the first like couple of games, especially like seeing him play in preseason last year. Was not sold on him, and very quickly was proven wrong. Uh, I am glad to be wrong. Pretty much any time it benefits uh, my teams, uh, and. One of the things I really like about him is he's just steady Eddie. He is seemingly always calm. I mean, I think he said it last year. He's like, I, on the outside, I'm calm, but on the inside, I'm burning. And, yeah. Yeah. and it's one of the things I like about him because, like, no matter what players that we have that come through, I mean, obviously, a guy like Cheney with the amount of goals that he adds, uh, a f- you know, we, we, we happen to have a very – uh, good set of like what other clubs might see as like flair players, guys like Derek Gebhard, yeah. who he's very consistent overall, but he also like provides those moments of magic. I don't think a lot of other players that, in the league offer that chat that chat that goal in Chattanooga last year where he just took the ball at midfield and then just ran up the field himself and scored. Yeah, yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah, so good. Uh, I just I look at the guys that we brought back. We have some of the best players in the league. I think this season is just about doing the business, getting it done. I mean, we've seen their potential. Staying healthy. Yeah, and what they're capable of. Yes, staying healthy has to be a major, major part of this season. But um, to see that we have a, a core of eight players coming back and they're all guys that Matt Glazer wanted to stay, um, some of whom I think there were questions over. Right, yeah, like absolutely. You had a guy like Baron who second in the league for clean sheets. You'd think he'd be trying to move up. Yeah. Um, Same thing with Chain. Yeah, uh, Chaney is the highest in goals added for any player in the league. Um, still the highest. Added. We got to get a player that can play up alongside of him. Right. That's going to be the challenge in recruiting this offseason. Um, but I think, provided we can bring guys in to add depth, like Grant, you mentioned this. A minute ago of like staying healthy we need rotation we need to be able to rotate right. those players right because you're going to have injuries during the season yep. we need we need solid depth yeah yep. and not just guys who are on the bench to be on the bench right. yeah because i think that that was the bug with last year is that as soon as we started getting some injuries adding up yeah we just didn't have the bodies right to like to come in and like keep the level of play yeah. where we needed it to be yeah. That was the thing. It never felt like we were playing the full 90 because yeah. we lacked that depth. And then there was, yeah. you know, complacency or inconsistency because there just wasn't that gelling that happens from playing mm-hmm. with the same core group. Yep. And, I mean, that was still better than 2022. Absolutely. Like, we di- we were able, like, if we had a lead or if the game was drawn, we did a good job of hanging on at the end of the games to, those, to that lead or to that draw. But... Um, which was not the case in previous years. But, yeah, like there were times where we, you know, had opportunities to come back and or, you know, take a lead where we just didn't have that, you know, that final that final kick, yeah, especially at the, same, what, yeah. the end of the season. 
What separates, you know, a great team from a good one that's going to be able to perform for the entire uh, duration of the season is being able to maintain a level of energy and, and excitement yeah. Yeah. Uh, throughout the full 90 minutes. And yeah. um, you, that can happen even with, you know, consistent substitutions. Um, yeah. But they weren't able to, at, at times, really uh, perform for that full 90 minutes. And I think having more depth on the squad is absolutely going to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think last year, too, having that smaller squad was about they wanted to build more of the unity within the squad because we were really lacking that in 2022. And we only yeah. brought four guys back. Right. And so I think, like, you know, having that smaller unit, they really wanted to make like the core. and make, But the downside of that is what you're saying is that if you have some injuries, it's that, you you know, they're going to stack up pretty good, pretty, yeah. pretty quick. And you're gonna be, and you're, you need that depth, which you just don't have. So, But now we're bringing more guys back. And so, so you would think that you're going to expand the squad a little bit this year. Yeah. I think that we know how to – that's was why I think bringing Mitch back was important because yeah. Mitch did a great job last year of really building the squad, like yeah. off the pitch, like doing things to make sure that they're, you know, do, getting getting together and being a, being a unit and things yes. like that. And so yeah. I think having him come back, and if you do expand the squad, you're going to need him in that role to do a little bit more too. So. Yeah. Fran, you, met, you mentioned earlier about sort of Derek's quiet leadership. Um, I know I've listened to you talk about soccer before. Uh, who, who else impressed you last season as far as their, their leadership capacity on the pitch? Because I know you go to a fair amount of games, um, season ticket holder. Um, yeah, who, who impressed you as far as the way that they were able to kind of organize the team? I mean, I think both of our keepers did a fantastic job of mm. ensuring that, you know, defense starts from the back line, but every single line needs to be able to defend. Right. And, you know, I'm still a very firm believer that it's defense that wins game. Um, it may be offense that wins elections, uh, but when it comes <laughs> comes to soccer and most other sports, uh, it's defense that gets you the win. And so yeah. I was impressed by both keepers um, and, and how they were really able to um, – I mean, for me, it's so much of the fundamentals, too, and, like, how much talking there's going on yeah. in the field, and I feel like that always starts um, from the back line. Absolutely. Um, speaking, speaking of both keepers, I mean, do you, do, do you all think that Martin Sanchez stands a chance of coming back this season, or do you think they'll try to find a, a sort of separate uh, debu- deputy for Burn? I think that it's going to be up to Martin. Um, right, yeah. I, I think Because I think he's going to want – an opportunity to play and this is this is a guy who like probably around eight years ago or so was considered one of the best keepers of his age group mm-hmm. like above guys who are currently playing in mls yeah yeah um i had read that when i was looking up some information about him uh before the season he's he legitimately like came it, like i think it was around his age 16 or 17 season he was considered one of the best uh goalkeeping prospects at uh of his age uh in the nation um and i think that he you know from what very very little that we saw of him um i think that he still can grow into a professional role i think that if a team in league one or in nisa um, is willing to offer him an opportunity. I think that he can thrive. Yeah. Um, the question is: Is will he be given that opportunity? Um, if he wants to come back here, I would love to have him back as a backup Same. keeper because Same. I think He's I great. think that he can. I, th- I think that if Baird went down with an injury or whatever, I think we'd be fine. I think that we would be fine. Yep, I agree. But I think that if I'm Martin, I'm looking elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, because you, I think, and then. Yeah, play. exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're if, if you're in this business, that's that's part of the job. Is that you want an opportunity, you want a chance to play. Yeah. And if you get if you have someone saying, "We're going to give you a shot to come in to play, to get some minutes." Yeah. You have to take that as a pro. Yeah. I mean, you know, despite how great Madison might be. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, the other sort of recent news, I don't know how big of news this is because I'm largely not on social media anymore. We are completely off Twitter at this point for our mental health. Yeah. Uh, but it's Mitch, a, Mitch you, un- you uncovered, uh, I don't know if you actually uncovered it, but found a that 
Union Omaha had actually accidentally accidentally leaked their their Quote, full I, season. I, I did not find this. I okay. want to put this out there. I did not find this. In fact, you guys knew about it well before I did. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But wow. it was uh, it so was maybe, a mistake. However, they maybe, maybe it out. we found out about this. It looks it it looked like something they had emailed out, like the graphic. I didn't see it on I didn't see it on Twitter. Yeah. Um. Which I don't follow Union Omaha on Twitter, so that's partially why. But I would have thought that someone would have, you know, retweeted it, and I would have seen it. But that wasn't the case. I it, didn't see it until you guys sent it to me. So what it was? It was the official team graphic of the their, club of yeah. the, of their club schedule for twenty twenty four. Yeah, and like it was like the club did this. The club like designed this very clearly. Very clearly. So well, that's clown behavior. So, I'm sorry. So like, it's so incredibly. So it had to be somebody for the league. Right. So it had to be somebody from their front office. Right. That, yeah. that like that 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 you know sent it to their buddy and their buddy sent it to their kid and their kid then decided. Yeah. To, you know. You know. I mean. You know, clowns. Clowns. Like you know exactly what our Look, esteemed guest just said. If you've got the schedule, clown shit time, behavior. You I mean, this sure is some clown shit. So I mean, preventable. It's just it, like it, it just. Yeah, I mean, and, and this yeah. is the kind of stuff where it's like exactly what we were talking about before. If you're trying to legitimize yourself as a league, these are the things that cannot happen. Right. That you cannot. That you have to be. Like these are like the small things that you have to be really stringent about. Yeah. Because that's. It's about looking professional. And this, no matter how you cut it up, does not look professional I'll put, at all. I'll put it this way. A certain, you, a certain uh, executive at Ford Madison, um, let's just call him Donor Kababa. Donor okay. Kababa. Uh, yeah, he's, a did, good, he's a great guy. Was not happy about this. And <laughs> uh, put, put, uh, at, you know, said he had a bone pick with the league about it. He seemed more that the league was partially... In play here, yeah. And well, I mean, you don't see this happening in in other professional. Right. Like, you don't see this happening in Major League Baseball or the National Football League or the NHL or the NBA or any of these leagues. You don't see this happen. Why is this happening? We you, don't even we don't even have we don't even have a date for a schedule announcement. Right. And the full and a team's full schedule has been released. How does this happen? I Clown think it shit. makes sense to put some of the onus on the league because yeah. e- very yeah. easily you could have said this was embargoed and like literally right. schedule sent the email for a date that was much closer to when everyone else would be announcing and then this wouldn't have happened. Right? Because apparently like the schedule has already been shared with the players. Yeah. Because like I, w- I was talking with Cheney and like he, like he already knows how he many knows. he already knows how many times we're playing Fresno, Fresno this year. Yeah. I'm not going to share it on here. I'll share it off air. But like he already knows. And so the players already know. So now it's just, it goes into what you're saying. This is about the league just being like, well, you got to be really, clean. you got to be clandestine about this. You got to be really quiet. We gotta be, you know, we're going to do a special thing when we release the schedule. Who cares? Everybody knows. Just get it out just there. It out. But, if the play, but if the players know, like, I mean, if the, the players know. Then you're not, you're not, you're not there's no secrets here. Yeah. Get it out. Like, yeah, but it's unfair to the players who haven't signed their contracts yet, yeah, who sure. aren't returning. I mean, this is you're you're creating a clusterfuck, and that's so right. it's that's right. it's Great deeply point. irresponsible Great of man. the league and of Omaha. But like we expect this, especially shit from Omaha, Omaha. Mm-hmm. especially Omaha, because they're the ones who leaked it. Like let's let's not forget that Omaha fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they deserve to be clowned on because it's clown mm-hmm. shit. This, you know, the league, neon, the league is green the bullshit. league. The league is at fault for creating a situation where the schedule could be leaked. Uh, you know, well ahead of whenever they were planning on announcing it. It's one thing if it's like a day. Yep. It's another thing if it's you leaked. have a schedule leaked and you do not even have a date set for the schedule announcement. It's, it's weeks or months, really, is what we're talking about. And it's probably end of it's probably end of the month. So we're talking like yeah. three weeks out at least. Yeah. yeah. But it is ridiculous. Absolute clown behavior. Uh, not to be not to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on from clown shit, let's talk with our guest more concertedly. Um, so Fran. Where where'd you grow up, and what was your family dynamic like? 
Ooh. Um, I'm born and raised in Madison. Pretty sure I'm a lifer. Mm-hmm. Same. Very, very proud yeah. Um, yeah. product of public schools. My mom and dad, uh, dad actually came here for his PhD back in the 80s, and yeah. then mom ended up going back to school as well, oh, cool. um, when my sister and I were old enough to kind of take care of ourselves at home, which back then was like seven. <laughs> I was just saying. Especially immigrant parents are just yeah, yeah. like, you yeah. fend for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. learn early. Like if, if, you're, if you're close to my age, like you, you know, like we were doing laundry, like I was doing yeah. laundry for the house. Yeah. Like She's, she she yeah. is closer to my age than to your age, Grant. <laughs> yeah. But um, mom's a, uh, I'm, I'm very, very proud of my mom. She's a music teacher, still mm-hmm. teaches in public schools today. Um, and dad works as a researcher at the Wiseman Center. And there's some mm-hmm. phenomenal research and work that's happening there, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, especially in social work. I, I, I'm a case manager for the county, so I understand for the child long-term service care. So I understand. So I work with the Wiseman Center a lot, actually. He's been there 35 years. My sister wow. went to preschool there. Okay. Yeah. So I, cool. I grew up in Eagle Heights. That is my, like, still when I go back there, I get this sense of community that I don't yeah. feel anywhere else in Madison. Um, and, yeah, our family's pretty tight. My sister's in Minneapolis now, okay. and uh, she follows the, I don't even know, there's a bird team there, too, but they're loons. Loons. Okay, clearly <laughs> not as cool as flamingos. Yeah. <laughs> either, either or. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm very close with my parents. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Which high school did you go to? I went to West High School. West High School. I played uh, all four years on varsity. Um, senior year was a little rocky, but yeah. um, all of the clubs that existed prior to, you know, some of the consolidation I'm seeing in private, um, in the club soccer world right now in Madison, I, I played for... I was say, were you, a part, were you on the Magic? I did a little bit of Magic, and then I went to 56ers, yep. and then there right. was Yahara, and then at one point there was this... Uh, Capital Elite, which yep, I didn't I make, remember. but then went back to Yahara, which then became Middleton, mm-hmm. and I think okay. now is Rush. Um, but during like I was, I was pretty committed to high school ball. So yeah. um, off season was was wherever. Did they would you want to play in college? I did, but not at a big school. So actually, I went to McAllister College for a year, and if anyone is familiar with the soccer program there, it's it's it's, yeah, it's very, very competitive. It's very um, yeah. So I didn't end up making the team, but I got mm. to play for a semester. Yeah, that's cool though. Um, <clears throat> so, how, what's family like now for you? You have a, you have a partner, you're a mom. Um, do they do they go to games with you? Um, so my son George loves to go to the games. That's awesome. He didn't last year. He got a little bit more into it this year. Yeah. Um, he's How old seven. Is he? Seven. Oh, he's getting to that age. Oh yeah. The bug. Um, the bug's getting him. Well, and he <laughs> went to a birthday party at Kiva the other like a couple months ago, and really loved playing there. And they do birthday parties where you like oh, you can just bring your friends cool. and play oh, a full game. There's refs. Like it's really rad. Oh, we know not because uh, Eric won. He won uh, the the thing at the. At the at the auction. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we, we were like, away a birthday party. Yeah, we were like, we gotta yeah. do a birthday party. Let's do an adult birthday party and play soccer there. It's so cool, and yeah. like, I love playing at Kiva and Breakaway. Yeah. I'm still thinking about joining a co-ed league this mm. winter. I've gotten a couple offers, and I just, I don't know if my mind around. can like <laughs> keep up with the. I, like, as somebody ah. that did that for years, I'm gonna tell you, uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> because you just yeah. mentioned like the brain and body. It's just just past yeah um because we don't we don't heal as as fast as we used to no and like i was out part of sophomore season and senior season with Mm. um knee injuries and i like have no like there's a lot of ligament damage in my ankles and so even going for runs i have to. i was gonna ask you do you see things now so i just i feel old when i run so i'm worried that going Mm. back onto the pitch is going to make me feel even older Mm. i've been told by multiple people that I should join an over 40 league just because it's just like the pace is so much lower. I'm like... But those I'm guys not, are intense. They're, That's they're not always blood. true. They're out yeah. for blood. So can I tell you my story about my time in the over 40 league? Sure. So I joined... So I had the same thing. So I was told because I've been playing in the open leagues for years and was always up front. It was, you know, I was 10. I was always up front. And I noticed I'm starting to move. I was playing left back. I'm like, okay, 
I'm like, I think my time has come here with the kids. I let the kids have their thing. And so everyone was like, I oh, just joined the over 40 league. So I joined yeah. the over 40 league. It's exactly what you just said. Because I get in there, and then the pace is slow. But me, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to. So I score three times, like, in the first, like, ten minutes. And then I got chopped. Like, every time I got close to anybody, I got chopped. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm going to end up in a fight with, with some 40, with some 50-year-old guy. You know, over what? You yeah. know, but I'm like, I'm not going to do this. Well, so. it's a lot of people who are frustrated that, yeah. like, the things that you know that you did once upon a time, right. your body is no longer listening to what you thought it could do. Mm, exactly. And, like, that's what I felt in the first couple pickup games is, is we're over here by Reynolds Park, and there's amazing pickup games that happen yeah. on yeah. Saturday mornings and, and Monday nights. And um, that's, that's the first thing I felt was just, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have no more first touch. Like, that's just gone. Like, yep. you don't play for a while, and that shit goes away, and oh, it's yeah. so frustrating. And for me, I, I, for, I, I really noticed it when it was – I was always, like, see ball, go get ball. See ball, go get ball. And then I noticed, I'm like, see ball, okay, we should be at the ball by now. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, just didn't have, like, that first step and that just – that. Like I used to have, and that's when I'm like, yeah, this is getting old, and this is not great, and I'm very frustrated about this. So I'm just not going to play anymore. And so, but there are those, like you said, that like continue to play, and will just chill. Yeah. That's just what they do. So, so you, you you talked a bit about your your sort of playing days. Um, wh- what were your favorite things about your playing years, and what did it teach you? I learned so much about leadership on the soccer field, like. I think in terms of communication, in terms of recognizing like the first, like how to separate the professional from the personal, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are elements in the game where you can bring in like, actually you can't bring in the personal shit that's happening in your life because people are depending on you Mm -hmm. to uh, do your best and actually support them as well so being um, on a team um, I I usually played left back or center mid depending on um, uh, which game it was and and it, it taught me the most about how your actions will create a reaction for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really about, again, I, I mentioned how leadership is, is so much defined by making other people better. And yep. the best teams in soccer, you watch at every level, um, are ones where you see um, guys having each other back guys having each other's backs. Yep. And I think that's yep. what I learned Absolutely. so much was just about like the team you have on the soccer field helps you give gives you a sense of community and you take that regardless of what industry you end up going into yeah love that so you, you're a huge soccer fan obviously um is this correct that you've even been to a world cup i have oh yes, yes. so out of all of those things then what would be like your favorite soccer memory whether personal or just seeing something or whatever it might be i think my favorite memory has to be and this this is just because it's recent is watching megan rapino play her final game um i think women's soccer has gone through so many like it's evolved a lot yeah and it's at a really critical juncture right now um and as much as i will never forget being at the 2002 world cup in my homeland right south korea and and that magical run that south korea had um i think my heart right now is really about how do we make women's soccer and the game more inclusive and relevant and that has to happen at every level and megan rapino is so central to that that just kind of watching her as much as i wish she'd gone out in a more positive way um it was it meant a lot to watch her play her final game Mm. yeah women's soccer has been through some shit in some recent years too and um i think that that's one of the amazing things like Especially when I went up, you know, and covered, you know, did the story for for Fandom ninety. Oh, about, about the, the Aurora. About the Aurora. Yeah. I'm like because you know Justin and I were up there. And we're like, they're getting six thousand people for you know for a women's professional soccer game. You know, and it's not even professional; it's semi-pro. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't I'm like, you know, this is you see the opportunities and the the potential it has, 
but to then if you're somebody like me that's been following the game for you know most of my life you understand like where this is how this has evolved it's you're you're right this is it's the tipping point right here i mean you know you can you can feel it like you know it's 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 not something where you just talk about it and you're just like it's it's visceral now you can almost you can feel that they're at the tipping point and i think they're up and down in the world cup this year of the women's team i think even more is 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 showing like yeah we're at a tipping point here and so i agree with you too i think it's it's one of those things where it's 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 kind of the forefront of U.S. soccer right now. Yeah. So. The other the other night uh, they had the NCAA uh, women's championship, um, and I was watching a little bit of that, and it was Florida State Stanford, and they were holding it in Cary, North Carolina. Yeah. And yet they still had a full house. Like, there's something to be said about that. That that a women's soccer championship, you know, it's a championship, but still, it's women's soccer, and yep. it's college. It's not even professional. And they're getting a full house in a neutral stadium. Yeah, that's great. In terms of player development and encouraging more young people to play the game, you know, I would talk to men's coaches and and boys' team coaches about how they encourage their teams to watch college um, and pro women's teams um, in terms of watching tape and and really learning because they are so committed to the fundamentals and then get creative from that. Um, There's, there's, I think a, a technical element to the women's game that every player has to benefit from. Yeah. yeah. What do you think is the biggest challenge that to over, to overcome that, or to get people to do that? I mean, we live in a patriarchal society. Right. <laughs> Overcoming yeah. that sexism is is going to take a lot of guys speaking up yeah. about yeah. and really showing up. Right? Yeah. It's not just yep. about speaking up; it's about showing up to support. You know, our uh, UW Madison women's team made it into the NCAA uh, tournament for the first time in, in I don't know how many years. And I think that um, in ensuring that the support for the women's game um, and and really getting a, a diverse crowd to support them. Is key yeah i think i think a big part of it too is that there was a ban on women's soccer for fucking decades in like countries oh, which were england, like england it was, was 49, 49 years yeah. 49 years because they were drawing more than the men's teams were yeah like th- this is back in the days when like it, the leading scorer for uh the dick Kerr's women's team that played was a, a company. It was a company club, which is where most association association football clubs came from right. back in like the early 1900s. They were paying their players with cigarettes, literally paying their players with cigarettes, especially on the women's side. And they were still like, I think the lead the, the leading scorer for that particular team uh, was scoring like close to 10 goals a game, something like that. Um, Were they just giving her a carton? Yeah, probably. Yeah, the bonus <laughs> incentive, you get an extra carton of cigarettes for every goal you score. Yeah. Um, no, but it, I mean, I, I think it's interesting, too. We talk about the growth of things. It, 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 the growth has been stunted because of those bans, because of like not looking at the sport from a sort of general neutral standpoint and really prioritizing the sport over whatever other bullshit comes along with it. Like... Like even just a personal story. So like when I was in London in 2018, going to see the Arsenal women's team at Boreham Wood, they were drawing maybe four five thousand people. That's on a really big game, and it was some of the most fun soccer that I've seen like in person live. That's a great stadium. This too. is like you're seeing like you're seeing Vivian Miedema and uh, Leah Williamson and Jordan Nobbs play in a stadium with like 4,500 people in it yeah. for. 10 pound like that's that's a song to see players like that play and fast forward five years later they're playing games at the emirates drawing 40 to fifty thousand people and a big part of it is the way that we prioritize things right taking having to take a train out to boreham wood or elstree from london you live in a major metropolis People, it's it's a barrier to entry, yeah. right? Right, right. Even the, even if the sticker price is cheaper, whereas like you could have people that hop on the tube and go four or five minutes away, and they're at the stadium where they see the the same men's team play for that same club. That equity, not just of yes, pay equity is important, but 
equity of sharing venues and actually getting equal billing is super important too. Right, because then you're at the point where it's like, your women are saying like, well, who do you play for? I play for Arsenal. Yeah. I don't play for the Arsenal women's team. I just play for Arsenal football that's club. That's the team that I, the club like that's, I play I play for, for Arsenal football club. Which because like, they are just as much part of the football club as the men's club. And that's what having a well, football club is about. Is like, it's not just having like this exclusive thing. It's about having like, everybody is like, if you're here, you're part of like you are part of the club and it's yeah. getting people to believe and understand and expand on the fact that like football ultimately like we live in a capitalist yeah. system like this has to be marketable and this yes, has to absolutely. be a brand yeah. and yeah. women have absolutely proven that they can be yeah. a successful yeah. brand and there are still yeah. people who don't understand the like the purchasing power that yeah. comes with investing in women's sports and, sure. I, and i think a lot of that is because for so long that brand has been sex has been selling sex and I think, oh, for sure. you know, now it's like the fact that like you're selling skill and you're selling talent, yeah. you're selling heart, you're selling passion. The sport. You're, you know, you're, you're selling, selling the sport. sport. You know, it's, and, and so that's one of those things where that's going to take people's mindset to like understand. It's like this is yeah, this is this is how it is. And this is this is what, what, what how it should be. And I'll and add so, one more thing is that now because we're coming through a time where like Marta and Mia Hamm yeah, and like yeah. now it's yeah. multi-generational. So right. like right. you can look at folks and say they are legendary set they are legendary status and then bring that to the the younger generation yeah. so that they have even more heroes to look up to. Because that's a huge part of soccer is the legendary 100%. aspect i mean if you look at like you know on the men's side it's like we all have guys that like we look at like you know for me it's you know it's not it's not yeah like that's for me that's yeah our headbutting king you know and so <laughs> you know and well, yeah but it's one of those things where it's like that's like you have to have those legends in, in your game and yeah. so now i think you know in the women's game you're starting to have like yeah. you've you've got a base now where you've got legends and i think that yeah. that's going to really benefit for you know so we promised Fran that she'd be able to get out of here at a certain time, so we don't want to keep her too long. We have loads of loads of questions for you, so we'll probably just have to have you back for another episode if you're willing. Um, we, I, it's a like shooting fish in a barrel, talking to a chef about profession, being a professional, all of the things that you, it's probably similar things that you would say about playing soccer compared to working in a kitchen, working on the line. Um, we'll save those for next time. I'm um, absolutely coming back. Excellent. Invite or not. <laughs> now yes. I know where you hold these things. Yeah, so. That's right. That's right. Um, what we want to hear, I mean, uh, like we can save talking to you about being a chef, being a, a restaurateur, being even a public servant. You get all those questions all the time. We'll have you back another time and we'll talk about those things. What I want to know is... A, how'd you connect with Ford Madison? I've heard this story a little bit. Your story about being a curmudgeon on Talking Flock slightly warmed my own personal <laughs> curmudgeonly heart. Um, but you mentioned on that episode with Rob that you did a commercial with Jiro, who is one of my all-time favorite players for Ford Madison. Oh, not, not just you. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot so of many, us. So it's, many of us. It's a lot of us. Yeah. I mean. What was it like shooting a commercial with Jiro Brigatayama? He was so, he is so cool and humble. Yeah. And I think we both kind of shared that, like, there aren't a ton of people that look like us in this town oh, yeah. and have this love for the game yeah. um, and also a love for ramen. So we need to make mm. something happen. I'm pretty sure I just reached out to him via the Morris Ramen oh, yeah. uh, Instagram account and was like, hey, would you want to partner up and, and do something uh, for Forward and, and for Morris? And then I absolutely would end with lots of ramen for you. And he was super down. If it involved food, I'm like, <laughs> that, that, that man will put that it motherfucker away. likes that he loves food. Yeah, more than probably anything, and like more than soccer, more than FKJ, more than more than yeah. Anything. So he, that that was gonna be food. that was gonna be my question because I saw that guy put down two whole chickens at David's Jamaican one time in yeah. one sitting, and then ask for April's food, April's leftovers <laughs> in front of her. So that's uh, fantastic. How much ramen did he eat? Well, he definitely ate the bowl that we were doing the sh the um, commercial with. But I think we also didn't want him to have just that one because it had been sitting, and we had to do a couple takes. I'm pretty one. sure. Yeah, we and gave he, him another one. And but he ate like, that one too. I mean, he. 
I, I just miss the energy of that yeah. guy. Like, he's apologetic and, like, responsibly reckless is, how, like, what I've coined for him. Yes. That's um, a, that, that is a perfect term. <laughs> that is the perfect term And I term hope wherever he's playing, wherever he's at, um, he's feeling the love. Yeah. He, when he, we first, like, four Madison fans first found out about him, like, we were, some of us, like, some some of the Ford like Ford Madison fans came from being Minnesota United fans originally because like if you're from Wisconsin and you're not from Illinois you can't like Chicago sports teams Mm-mm. it's just the facts no nope. unless you're from like Kenosha Racine area yeah, yeah. and then, then we accept then, that you could be Chicago fans at some yeah, point yeah there's some because there's some but blurred lines but definitely not Bulls fans yeah. uh, no. definitely uh, never Cubs fans <clears throat> well. I'm from Illinois, so yeah, yeah, that's fine. You're not from Wisconsin, <laughs> yes, yeah. right. correct? Um, but we found out watching Giro play for um, Minnesota United's preseason that year. He scored a hat trick by himself, and I remember after that game, yeah, he scored four by himself actually, unanswered. Um, I get, I think it was against. Um, who was it? It was against uh, the the FC Tucson, actually. Yeah. It was against their team, and I just remember all the Minnesota United fans on their Twitter were like, "This guy's fucking amazing. We have to sign this guy. Get him fucking in here." And like Adrian Heath was like, "No, he's we're not gonna sign him." Classic Adrian Heath. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A guy scores four goals unanswered, and he's just like, "As a fluke, get him out of here. We'll send him down to Madison." That was the one positive about us having well. That Carter, Carter Manley having Dane St. Clair on loan for a little bit. Yeah. Um, there were some other players, too, um, like Wyatt Omsberg well, he wasn't, did a job. Jiro was not sent on loan to no. us. No, yeah. he was not sent on some loan. Some of those other guys he, were. But, but he yeah. was basically like the Minnesota United like brass that were there were basically like, hey, Heath doesn't want to sign you, but we will hook something up with Madison. We have an arrangement with them. And then he ended up coming here. Which, like, all of the people that knew the Minnesota United fans at the time that were, like, super cheesed up on him were like, holy shit, this guy's coming to play here. Um, yeah, he, he very quickly became one of our favorite players because the, the work rate alone yeah. was oh just like... Oh, my gosh. He was a workhorse. And the thing is, like, I get so excited when we have attacks from the back line. Like, yeah. I don't know how many overlaps he would do in a game, but just, like, watching him, like, inspire, like... You know, it's it's always great to see defenders getting yeah. in the attack, and I think he he was just so consistent at that, and it was because he was a workhorse. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite goals of all. In I think they're running a circular saw over at the uh, <laughs> yeah. cafe. We're we're in the Black Locust Cafe in Rabinia Courtyard tonight. You chose this over music, over the yeah, top, I know. So. Never again. Yeah, I thought we were gonna have a vault room to ourselves tonight. Not not the case. No, um, no. but. Yeah. This means I have to come record at another spot. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Midtown you know what? Pub next time? Yeah. Usually, usually we record. Oh, did you say Midtown Pub? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Their chicken tenders are the best. We so, okay. So for a minute that you're a West, that you're a West Side girl. We for, I, I forgot. forgot no. So. Well, near West, yeah. I will say. I'm pretty, like, but I Midtown Pub, I've got memories there because it's oh. where um, I used to go with the team from one of the first rest- restaurants I've ever worked at, and it was. What yeah. was that? What, what, what restaurant was that? La Brioche. La Brioche. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely near West. That and is, I think yeah. the Midtown Pub was the only place that was like open after service. Yeah. The, we usually record at my place, and so but. We wanted to make sure that you were not like we're going to some rando's apartment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> And I am like, because like I, like, I have enough. But the thing is, I would have shown up. Yeah. Like, like if we're gonna talk forward soccer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, have a, I, have a, I have a nice place. I mean, you do. I have a nice, nice place. So. You do. I, keep, I, I take good care of my place. It's yeah. older, but it's it's. I take good care of it. So. Yeah. Um. I do want to say one thing about Jira. Fun fact about him: he is the only player in forward medicine history to have multiple goals in the Open Cup. Yeah. He has two goals That's in true. three appearances in the Open Cup. No one else has more than one goal. We've so, had Matt Glazer on the show so many times now. He's definitely not listening. But if you are, Matt, <laughs> give Jiro a call. Come on. 
Yeah. If only Make to say people hi. Happy. If only to say hi. If yeah. anything, it just it's, it satiates us because we've been if you we've been saying for three years that we could bring back he's any player. He's been gone. He's been gone for like yeah two or three years. We've been like, like Jiro, yeah. Jiro, Jiro. Bring him back. So yeah. Back to the question though. Um, how'd you become a fan of all this? Like you know, it just like was it just Madison's got a pro soccer team and I'm gonna follow these guys now or was it was more of a slow burn where it's like you had to be sold on it well i'm gonna be you know brutally honest i think when the team for then their first season i noticed um a significant amount of our regulars going to soccer matches instead of coming to the restaurant on saturday nights um and i got a little butthurt about that um and then i decided i'd eat and then i moved down like i i used to have a house on the far east side and then after the separation moved downtown Mm. and i think Mm. i you know started going to the games and and you know, I played on Breeze. I played at Breeze when it was still grass. Oh, me too. And I too. just felt like this is a place I want to build community again. Mm-hmm. And so got season tickets. And obviously following Jiro was a huge part of yeah. me coming uh, to, to build love with, with the team. But um, that that's how I kind of got into it. was like yeah. it was a, a bit of an uh, economic decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I'm... I'm now incredibly grateful for the impact that they've had on the community um just a lot of the relationships they've built um and and also you know now being a neighbor uh to uh folks here i think um it it means even more so i have a very sort of selfish question so you are the state legislator for district 76 which basically encompasses like most of the isthmus Mm including a section of Sherman Avenue near Maple Bluff. Um, What sort of strings could you pull for us to get us on a permanent sort of list at Lola's Hilo Lounge? (laughs) I mean, and it doesn't have to be... We can have we can have like the whole we, you know what the whole God, we can have the whole Godfather situation where or yeah. like the Goodfellas situation where we where we go in through the back yeah, you know and just like we don't have to come into the front we don't need that we don't we don't need that all that I you know huge props to Matt Tory and Evan they're doing um, a great job out there they really are they. I'm, I'm really needed, excited. It's needed it out yeah. there too. Like it's Very really much so. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, if y'all become like some super stellar DJs, and then you can, you know, maybe get a night where you get to just play house music there. Um, but I will. I think maybe if we invite Tori and Matt to come on as like a couple to talk about being small business champions and. How they feel about forward um that could essentially be a, a pathway um but also evan who owns cadre restaurant on the near west mm. side you could talk about what it's like to be yeah. a restaurant tour and he's also a fantastic advocate for small businesses and Love our it. service industry especially our workers so we do in, in our we just started a, a support local yeah. portion of the back Part of a portion of our magazine, um, we covered strictly discs in our, our second issue. We'd be more than happy to work with any other local businesses that will have us. But uh, that's where I bought my Chumba Wumba CD. Yeah, yeah, I lo- I love that spot, and they just who's they actually like owner. this big political like you yeah, know, you know like yeah, no like everyone remembers them from that band, but nobody knows it. <laughs> like there's this huge pol- yeah. like this that they're this huge uh, for like like you know like, like left wing political band. They played yeah. for like 40, 50 years, and that was their only hit. It is <laughs> their only hit for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, sometimes, you know, you can't fuck with the classics, Mitch. Okay? <laughs> sometimes you get knocked out. Yeah. And then... You get okay, back up I'm there. Fuck off, <laughs> <laughs> Um, We'll have to talk next time, too. Like, I'm a, I'm a Northside guy. I grew up on the Northside. I went to East High School. So we have to talk next time about... Um, the like y- your work with the Ken- Kennedy Heights Community Center because I had a lot of friends I lived in Kennedy Heights growing up I'm interested to hear how you got connected with them um, it's the reason why I bring up Lola is because the old Jacobson's Deli Ooh. was like the direct competitor to Jim's Meat Market where I worked in high school um, people are like oh you're you're 
you're vegan now and you fucking worked at a butcher shop taking apart like you know half cows like I've lived a lot of lives Mitch I'll put it that way um, fuck off Andrew <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, whenever a new spot opens yeah. I want to give them a couple of yes. months because the hype does kind of like hit yeah. plateau I shouldn't say it it lowers but it does plateau at yeah. one That's point and it's important to build relationships with their small absolutely. businesses yeah. so if you're showing up especially on the weekdays not the weekends mm. where you got no offense to folks who going out Friday, Saturday night. I understand why you got to do it, but um, it's the folks that are showing up yeah. on the weeknights, yep. the folks that are showing up to build relationships with the staff. Like yep. Yep. that's that's how um, you really champion the, small business. The two or three times I've gone, have all you know, have been during. Most of them have been during the week, and that's yeah. it's been for that reason. It's then you know. You know, the person I went with, you know, we want to get to know the staff. We want to get to know, you know, who, this place. And, you know, and I think that that's conducive. And that's how you really do all that stuff. Because I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're going to get the people from out, from outside from outside yeah. Madison coming in. Yeah. And that's why it's like it's a nine o'clock or, or like an hour and a half, you know, wait to even get to the bar. I would love um, to connect with those cats over at Lola's. We'll have to do that. Now Now that you're in our network, friend, we will... We will uh, increase exponentially you know and and i love the fact that we have folks that are like opening up like local bars like because that is a proper local Mm -hmm. um it's in a it's a bar in a fucking strip mall i mean there ain't more local than that well look at muska lounge like i think uh we can become strip mall champions here love it yeah love it just wait till you actually get some time to actually hang out and Spend some time in there. It'll become, yeah, it'll become, abso- it'll become ab- one of your favorites. Absolutely. So. We'll make a plan to do it. Well, Fran, thank you so much for joining yeah, us so much, this, this time. We will have you on again. Can't wait. Uh, plan on it. We'll work it out. Um, thank you for coming on and chatting soccer, chatting whatever. Everything Madison, really. Just getting to know the NDZ the way of life. Yeah. So. It, it's. I mean, it's fucking... Questionable. <laughs> Questionable. So is, so is life, Andrew. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, and here we are just... I love that we're, like, you know, ending on an existential note. Exactly. Like, that's, that's very Madison and, and feels exactly. very me, too. So. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the NDZ way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Frank, Constantly Frank, can't wait to have you back. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, Frank. and his, uh, we'll let you go for this week. And as Grant always says... Be easy, everybody. We'll see you all next time. Cheers. Cheers.